podcasting from the world's most livable city, Melbourne. This is the Your Career Down Under Show, a podcast dedicated to help newly arrived skilled migrants and settled migrants with their career and employment issues. We interview recruiters, career coaches, HR experts and employers who share tips, techniques and insights to help you land a job quickly and rapidly advance your career. Hi everyone. How many of you have previously received a mentoring and how many of you are actively looking for a mentor? A lot of professionals have found mentoring very beneficial for their career or businesses. Today's podcast is all about mentoring. Today I'm speaking with Hema Kangesan. Hema inspires and empowers underrepresented and underutilized skilled millennial migrants from the Asian continent to unlock their career potential in Australia through INSPIR. She's focused on providing a combination of personalized mentoring and coaching to her clients. Let's talk to Hema Kangesan and find out about mentoring. Welcome, Hema Kangesan, to the Your Career Down Under show. Hi. So, Hema, before we begin to dwell into the topic, can you tell us a little bit more about your career story? Where did you start your career and what do you do now? Wow. Well, I have a really interesting career story. I've had uh, a career filled with lots of opportunities and a lot of learnings. So I started off my career being sponsored by PwC Malaysia in uh, to complete my UK chartered accountancy about Uh 20 years ago. And I worked there within the consumer industrial products and services sector in the assurance and advisory section. And then once I completed my time there and my bond, um, then I went back to the UK and I actually was very lucky to have the opportunity to work in investment banking and okay. lived and worked in the UK for six and a half years, worked wow. in some of the top investment banks, global investment banks. So I worked mm-hmm. in Morgan Stanley and Barclays Capital, London, and I did a mixture of finance work to project management, product control work. And the last few years, I worked specifically with the front office team. Mm-hmm. in money markets and credit projects. So okay. I was in London pre-global financial crisis and okay. post-global financial crisis. So it was obviously a very big, big time in the UK. Yes. So it gave me a lot of opportunities to learn. Yeah, yeah, so that was fantastic. And then typically, you know, once you've been in the UK for six and a half years and I'm from Southeast Asia, being Malaysian, I felt like it was time to kind of be closer to Malaysia and I have two sisters, they live in Australia. So I decided to move to Australia and after taking about eight months of adult gap year in my 30, traveling in Latin America and South Asia, I moved to Australia and that was the learnings. I actually have worked in eight jobs in seven years in Australia. So I actually lived in Sydney seven years. Yeah, yeah. So lived in Sydney for seven years and I've now been in Melbourne for 15 months. But my seven years in Sydney, through all the learnings, because I think Australia and London, I think, or Sydney and London actually are very different markets in the sense of the size. Mm-hmm. And I think when I came here, I think one of the things I actually didn't really do my homework very well. Okay. I just thought it's going to be the same as the UK. 
So yeah. <laughs> I went into banking, but I went into a contract role. I stayed yep. in bank for about two and a half years within contract. I worked in the CBA, Westpac, I worked in Deutsche Bank, and then realized the only way to get out of the banking scene in Australia was to move to consulting. Mm. I worked in consulting for about, say, less than two years. I worked in ThoughtWorks. Um, mm-hmm. So, and then I had the opportunity to work in a lot of different industries. So within the retail sector to within insurance and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then I decided, okay, it was enough with consulting. So the trend is I love change. Okay. After that, I moved on to being a scrum master in a few other organizations. So mixture sure. of contract and permanent roles. Yeah. And that was like for about two years. And then I moved to Melbourne. I did my final corporate job. Only worked there for two months. Okay. Even though I was permanent. And then decided this is no longer aligned to my values and yeah. what I want to do in life. And then I um, kind of did the whole evaluation of where I want to go, yeah. which was last year, for three months. And um, decided to be a career coach and mentor. I really wow. feel like, yeah, so it's been a long journey for me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> different industries, different sectors. Yeah. Uh, different, uh, from accounting, your yeah. assurance and advisory work, yeah. to investment banking. Then going on to within the tech world because as a, mm. I was a scrum master and um, yeah. business analyst, but with agile teams. So I've had a multifaceted Excellent. experience. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, good. Yeah. So that's, and, and now I'm a career coach and mentor. I help skilled millennial migrants and I focus on the Asian continent because sure. I'm from Malaysia, sure. Italy, Asia. <laughs> so yes. um, yeah, my long story short. Yeah, yeah. Now that look sounds like a fascinating roller coaster ride. And in the end, I've seen many, many professionals, Hema, who have ultimately joined or started something which they can actively help other people achieve their dream role or achieve the career success or achieve the business success. You know, I think people do want to give out the knowledge and experience and the expertise that they have learned over a period of time. Yeah, I totally agree. And I also think I, I've got to the point in my career where I feel like now I want to serve the community because yeah. I've actually gotten a lot with the experience I've had. Absolutely. Like, I'm very, very lucky. When I was in Malaysia, yeah. I was actually in the Asian financial crisis. So I've actually been oh, in right. a lot of crises. So I was yeah. in Malaysia in the Asian financial crisis yeah. and got a job in PwC and be sponsored. I was actually very, very lucky. I'm not yeah. from high class family or whatever. I'm a lower middle sure. class family. So, and then I got that and then going to London without a job <laughs> and then to have that, you know, the opportunities there, because when I was in London, I was, it was a very different world then, mm. uh, they, you know, recruiters, people in the leadership team, it's not really whether you didn't take the box, whether you had banking experience, it's whether sure. you had a personality and whether you're willing yeah. to effort in and whether you're a curious person. And because that's the type of person mm. I am, yeah, uh, that's what got me to step into the door when I was yeah. there. Yeah. And yeah, so now I feel like it's so important to give back because after working in eight big corporates in Australia, yeah. I actually actually a lot of minority communities, men and women, sure. actually don't break the bamboo ceiling in Australia due to certain reasons. And yeah. I want to make sure that is in Australia. Agree, agree. So let's dwell into our topic for the discussion around mentoring. Probably, you know, a lot of sort of definitions around coaching, mentoring, and then there's another one is training. So what in your view are, if you look at just coaching and mentoring, what's the basic difference between both of them? 
Well, I think this is something I'm going to steal off something I read somewhere. So okay. I think if you look at just riding a bicycle. Okay. Um, so <laughs> the ride, I don't know whether anybody has heard this before. So the riding the bicycle thing. So if you are a mentor, because you have already walked the path before, so you can actually get on the bicycle and then show your mentee yeah. how to ride the bike. So okay. you're already on the bicycle, you ride the bicycle, and then you come back, and then the mentee actually sees you on the bike. Okay. So that's how it is. But as a coach, the coach usually, it's not always, but coach, a lot of times, they are a subject matter expert as a coach, but they've not really walked the path before. So what a coach would do usually would get the coachee to get into onto the bicycle and ride the bike. Yeah. As the coach, they would just go, if let's say the person gets off the bike, then they will go, okay, how can we work together to make sure you get to the outcome that you want? Mm. How can we work together so yeah. that we can measure that success? So I think that's yeah. kind of like the obvious oh, yeah. way of explaining it. I think when I, I read that, I went, okay, this is this makes sense. So, yeah, absolutely. Look, I've never heard of that analogy, but now it makes sense kind of things. So in terms of your own career growth, you know, you have started with the job in London in a banking to coming to Australia and welling your, you know, into tech world, you know, and business analysis and all those things. What has made difference into your career? Is it coaching, mentoring or mentoring or just coaching? I am pretty sure that you have had people yeah. put you into this journey. Uh, okay. So I was very, very lucky. So when I first started in PwC in Malaysia, because I was part of a sponsored program mm. and as CA sponsored program, you automatically get a mentor. So okay. I had a senior manager who was my mentor from day one and she mm. a CA program lasts for three years. So you do your exams and then you have the work experience. Yeah. And I had a mentor who was a senior manager who's a chartered accountant. Mm. And she was my guide because she walked the path before a few years mm. ago. And she was there for me for the mm. three years. And I felt in a way very special because yeah. 98% of people in PwC Malaysia didn't have this. Sure. Um, I got to, you know, work in like the top clients. I mm. actually had really, really good conversations with her, uh, a lot of clear guidance. You get a lot of specific advice that you mm. don't usually get. So I really got that from day one in my career. And then I was very, very lucky when I worked in London. Yeah. I actually had two females, leaders who were just two, three years older than me. And they, you know, were able to give me a lot of guidance as well when I was in yeah. the UK. And then in Australia, I have mainly used a combination of coaches and mentors. Mm. So let's say I'll give you an example. Like just before I actually left my corporate job, I actually went to see a person who was a combination of coach mentor. She had walked the path before sure. in leaving corporate. And I just wanted to be interact with someone or uh, get some advice and coaching a combination of both from someone who's done it and also can ask me the right questions. So mm. I think really, to be honest, I've actually had mainly a combination of coaching and mentoring yeah. or purely mentoring. The purely coach, actually, I was a pure coach when I was working in consulting for and, and also in my mm. career five years as a scrum master, I was mainly the coach where, you know, you go in and help teams where you kind of assist them with the methodology and kind of monitor their results and ask them the question. Mm. I, I've kind of seen all three as a utilization. I've used coach and mentor and a mentor, uh, yeah. but other people have kind of got assistance for me in all facets. Yeah. So, you know, when, when we talk about the millennial migrants or skilled migrants, you know, people 
migrants who come from overseas wanting to you know make australia their home obviously one of the biggest challenge that they have you know is the limited network they have i remember when i came here i think i had probably four or five people that who would pick up my phone call that i knew uh, before yeah. i came here obviously mm-hmm. then there are people on facebook or at that time when i came here there was google's old version of facebook called orkut whether i don't know whether you heard of that or not you know so there was social network that i had but the people that i could call there were only handful of people uh-huh. How do migrants really get access to mentoring with this limited sort of network that they have well i think from the time i'm not sure how long you've been in australia but i would say like the last like let's say 3 4 years things yeah. have slightly changed so i think the good thing now linkedin is quite different from the linkedin that i started using yeah. you know nine years ago i think a lot of like, i actually get a lot of people getting in touch with me via linkedin and if they yeah. don't even have to be in australia they are people in the U- us uk malaysia wherever yeah. because they kind of see what i'm posting online so i, I think a lot of people think that a mentor has to be someone who's going to be there face to face but mm. i actually think you can have a combination of a mentor who is could be face to face and you can get a specific advice Yeah. Or should be someone you're following virtually, or you actually just stay in touch via LinkedIn mm. or whatever. So I think the good thing now is we actually have a lot of options, mm. and I think what people need to do is actually use those options effectively. So I'll give my example. Yeah. At the moment, I actually have a mentor. Actually, have coaching from the US. Okay. Uh, have a combination of mentoring and uh, coaching from the UK. because for me specifically i found that people who are aligned to what i want to learn at a mm. specific time are actually based there so mm. i reach out to people who are in in those countries at that point in time and i for me i'm very very fluid i actually reach out uh, depending on what i need when sure. and i think it's my guidance yeah yeah using linkedin is absolutely a gold mine you know we mm. can reach out yes. to many many people around definitely that. Definitely. So let's say it's someone, a new migrant, you know, an engineer comes from Pakistan and wanting to find a mentor. Mm-hmm. So let's say he or she has identified someone. You mm-hmm. know, what's the first step? How does do you think that that person can really approach to that mentor? Well, I would say like because if it's pure mentoring, pure yeah. mentoring is yeah. you know something that's not paid. So yeah. it, it has to be a, a partnership. and mm. because you're going to be working alongside each other where it's actually both the mentor and mentee gaining something from each other yeah so it's not a one-sided relationship Absolutely. so if let's say a, a migrant comes and just approaches someone by linkedin without actually you know stating a story why do they think mm. you are a good partner mm. it's not a, if you're going to like just do this whole oh i want you to be my mentor and you don't actually give like the background the story mm. how we can actually both work together and how we can both add each other's relationship mm. i personally think it's not going to work because i would use that as my specific example so i've had people reach out to me quite a few oh. times on yeah. linkedin or, or even in meetups yeah. i say the other thing that you could use is actually meetups now there are a lot of different yeah. meetups that you can go to yes. and yeah people who reach out to you but i don't know you you need to everything starts with trust yes so that's my base Yeah, so if yeah. you can't build the trust, you can't ask. So that's my yeah, my advice. Yeah, yeah. So in a way, you really need to kind of you know work out a context or a real why before you contact them because 
Yes. Chances are much more of somebody at least engaging, not agreeing. Agreeing mm-hmm. will probably come a little bit later. Yes. I would say it's yeah. like building that a relationship up front. Mm. Like, you know, it's like don't put your ask straight away, but kind mm. of doing the firstly do your homework. So I think a lot of people don't do their homework. Mm. What I is it isn't it's not just migrants. So I would yes. say, you know, a lot of people when you go for a meeting or whatever, they don't do their like ten minute research. Hmm. Especially if you want to ask for assistance or whatever, it's so important for you hmm. to do your research. I mean, we're so lucky now. You can get on LinkedIn, you can get on Google, just research your 10-minute research. It's yeah. going to get you very, very far. So hmm. really use your 10 minutes wisely on like doing your research, understanding like even most recent thing like, oh, they publicized something, had an article written or they presented at this event. If yeah. you know that and you say, oh, you know, I heard that you did this event and it was, uh, what was it like? Mm. That's a really good starting point to have a conversation mm. right. instead of, just, oh, can you be my mentor? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's really straight. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, like, yeah no, I agree. <laughs> I can actually cite a, I cite a story, you know, I, I met one of my mentors that he's been on sort of not so much formal mentoring, but informal mentoring is a very senior career practitioner. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, we got into the formal mentoring relationship a few years back when I was part of the Career Development Association of Australia. Okay. And we had a mentoring agreement for a year. And then, mm-hmm. we, but once it finished, we just got along very well. So we continued to catch up once every six months or somewhere. Right? Yeah. I met him just yesterday uh-huh. and, uh, you know, I invited him for a panel discussion last year in one of the events. And in that event, one of the job seeker approached Andrew, who's my mentor, and yeah. presented his case. That okay. this is what I do, this is what I struggle with. Now, Andrew became so impressed with this young man that yeah. he introduced him to a few key contacts, you know, using his contacts and ultimately got work experience. Ultimately, he got a job in the same company. Mm-hmm. But what Andrew told me is that he would call him for meeting at quarter to seven in the morning in the city. For, yeah. for him to attend, he would have to wake up at five o'clock. And because wow. he used to live far away and he had to catch yeah. boss and a train to get there. But Andrew said that he never missed a meeting, you know, oh my God. And wow, that's really, amazing. you know, and that's what I said. I said, that's okay. really, that shows so much commitment. And, you know, that is what you would look for, right? In a mentee, totally. somebody, you know? Yeah, no, I, I actually, because I, I've been very lucky that, you know, since I started my career, I, yeah. since the age of 23, so I've been a mentor from the age of 23. Also yeah. PwC, like I started in PwC when I was 21, at the age of 23, because with the CA program, other people, you know, like after me, and yeah. I really think the way, I've seen how it is to build relationships, Yeah. Um, you know, building relationships, it's so important by really connecting before asking, yeah. you know, when you connect before asking, it's going to go a long way. Like today, for instance, I met this girl at an event um, mm. 10 months ago at an event, but because mm. we connected at such a deep level that yeah. even though it's 10 months later, I wanted to kind of get through some research today. And I said, can we catch up? She immediately went, yes, I would love to see you because we had such <laughs> a good catch up. So it's, it's, I don't know, like that's my personal opinion. Absolutely. I always think yeah. it starts with relationships. So yeah. if people can just use that in their mentoring, yeah. um, the method of how to approach people, it will mm. take them, I personally think it's going to take them a long way. Yeah. At the same time, Hema Kangesan, you should be ready to even have a rejection, isn't it? In this 
kind of relationship where you're not paying for someone to become a mentor. It's just that that person would say, hang on, I don't think so. It would be a good fit. So you also have to be ready to even accept the rejection as well, isn't it? Yes, yes. So I, I would say it's not just like when it's a paying or non-paying. So let's say sure. for me, instance, with the type of work I'm doing, because it's yeah. a combination of coaching and coaching. Yeah. The way I've set up my business is I want to work with people where if we are aligned in values or if somebody's yeah. ready to be mentored, if not, yeah. I would actually, you know, I'm not like, I didn't get into this to make money. I'm, I'm getting into sure. doing this because I want to make an impact in the world. Sure. So like, yeah. So I think it's important for like both parties so that you can get the best out of the relationship, whether it's yeah. coaching, mentoring, combination or whatever is yeah. to really kind of have that first 15, 20 minutes of conversation mm. and really kind of understanding what the boundaries are, managing mm. expectations, like, you know, what the values are and all those things. Like, it doesn't matter whether it's formal or informal, but it's yeah. good to, you know, have at least, you know, a high level of kind of conversation about it because then yeah. no one's going to get disappointed later. Yeah. That's my opinion yeah. on, on this. Yeah. Like, I really follow that. I'm not yeah. sure how far it's going to take, but since I've launched last year, yeah. I mean, that's one of the things where I got, you know, now that I've left corporate, yes. and I'm doing things, I really want to follow my true calling. I mean, that's the reason why I left I that you left it. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so, no, I agree. Uh, I agree. Yeah. So, Hema before we finish, is there any other tips that you have for the millennial migrants? Any other tips for the millennial migrants? Well, yeah. I would say, I think you guys do it. All of you are amazing. Just go uh, meet as many people. I would say hang out with people from different backgrounds, different mm. age groups, different skill sets, so that you, you can open up your mind, yeah. you stay curious, keep on learning. Yeah. I think that is the big thing. I think a lot of people who are migrants maybe feel they stay within their comfort zone. I mean, yeah. I can understand why because you come to a country sure. and it's already yeah. a big challenge. Yeah. My uh, advice would be just take baby steps and yeah. just go for a meetup to, or mm. you know, go and have a, just one coffee or whatever. But yeah. really try and hang out with, with different mindsets, different True. opinions, different age groups because you, you don't know where it's going to take you. True. True. Excellent. All right. All right. Hema Kangesan, now if people want to get in touch with you, if they need more help, what's the best way to do that? Well, I have a website. So okay. if you can go into www.insta.com.au, that would be perfect. Or I'm on LinkedIn as well. So yeah, you can reach out either way. Excellent. So that's Inspur, I-N-S-P-U-R. I-N-S-P-U-R, yeah. Inspur.com. Dot .com.au? Yeah. .au. .au. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Hema Kangesan, thank you very much for being generous and sharing some of your ideas around mentoring with our audience. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you everyone for listening to the Your Career Down Under show. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you want to know more about how Your Career Down Under can help you, please reach out to us on www yourcareerdownunder.com.au and if you have got a question about today's episode or if you want us to do a particular show on a particular topic please reach out to us we would love to do that until next time be well